And so we find us smack bang in the middle of winter. On this, the 3rd of July, Monday morning, a warm-hearted good morning. Abosheni, Molweni, Dumelang, Sanbonani. Goeiemorgen, die we weinandersouw achter die microfoon. Tot en met 9 uur vanmorgen. What a privilege to be together once again, corporately worshipping the one and only true God of heaven and earth. Did you know that the word of God says there is only one one God, none other beside Him, the God of the Bible, the God of Israel, the God of South Africa, the God of Radio Pulpit. Jesus is God, and we unashamedly proclaim that unto the ends of the earth. Well, that being said and done, so many people say, well, prove it. How can you say that that is true? How do you know that there is an omniscient, all-powerful, majestic God that is infinitely involved in our lives? I want to take you to God's Word and out of God's Word just share with you some stuff that hopefully will get you to to go and search the Scriptures yourself, uh, to, to go and find out and make sure yourself. And one of the things in Scripture that proves that God's Word is true, there's no other religious book on the face of this planet, not even the second biggest religion following on earth, uh, any other uh, religious grouping who's got in their books what we have in the Bible. I'm talking, of course, about prophecy. And bear with me, because I'm aiming at something... uh, to just stir your spirit man here this morning. When I talk about prophecy, I think you know that it accounts for a major portion of the entire uh, canon of the Scriptures. Do you know that numerous books in the Old Testament contains prophecy, and some includes short statements about the future, others uh, feature entire prophetic visions? Did you know that the New Testament, almost every book contains some prophecy? The book Revelations, open barring, wholly devoted to a prophetic vision. Prophecy is important. We can't deny it. You'll find out in a minute why I'm saying it. Bear with me. Stay tuned. By one account, about 27% of the Bible is predictive. This means that when it was written, over one-fourth of the Bible, more than one in four verses, was prophetic. Did you know that? A professor, a learned man, a theologian by the name of J. Barton Payne, listed 1,817 prophecies in God's Word. It is there. And the consistent relation of prophecy in the Bible, it's absolutely staggering. On top of that is the, and listen, you can't deny this, the absolutely amazing accuracy accuracy of those detailed prophecies. We're talking about prophecies this morning. You'll find out in a moment why. At least one half of all biblical predictions have already been fulfilled. Precisely. Perfectly as God has declared. 
And because of God's faithfulness in fulfilling these prophecies, you and I, we can be assured on the 3rd of July, 2023, that He will fulfill the rest of those prophecies in Scriptures without fault. Without fault. Why am I saying that? There is even a word in God's Bible, the oracles, Numbers 23, 19, that says, God is not a man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will it not be fulfilled? Has it spoken, ye spoken, and will it not be fulfilled? On this Monday morning, so important that we take note of prophecy. Because if we look at prophecy, I think you'd agree with me that the Bible can be divided in two broad groups. Hmm? Fulfilled prophecies and not yet fulfilled prophecies. Do you want to check some of the fulfilled prophecies? Well, the first one was the coming of Christ. Deuteronomy 18. Listen, time does not permit. It's six minutes after six. On this Monday morning, and time does not permit, but if you can, jot it down. I tell you what, I'll podcast it afterwards as well, after nine this morning. And you can go and check, search the scriptures yourself. The first coming of Christ, Deuteronomy 18, 15, 19, prophesied. Numbers 24, 17, prophesied. Daniel 9, 25, 26, prophesied. Micah 5 and verse 2, Jesus as the Savior of mankind. Why? Saved. Saved from what? Eternal damnation and hell. Let's be straightforward. Let's not mince our words and play around this morning. And so Jesus prophesied as the Savior of mankind. Genesis 3.15, it's right there in the beginning, in the book of Genesis. Isaiah 53, go and read it. And so prophecies regarding individual people, such as the doom of Jezebel, it is there, it was prophesied, it happened exactly as uh, it was prophesied, Second Kings 9 and verse 10. Prophecies about Israel, uh, the, the case of the exile to Babylon. And we'll get to Babylon in a moment. Don't forget that word, Babylon, the city between two rivers. We'll get to that in a moment. But it was prophesied. And it happened exactly. You can't deny it. History is there. You can say, well, I deny God's word, but you can't deny history. It's there. No matter how many times you say, no, I don't believe it, it still happens. It's like people say, well, there is no hell. Well, the fact is, there is. There is a heaven. There is a God, whether you believe it or not. And so Daniel's prophecies about the rise and the fall of many kingdoms, we see it playing out. We've seen it through uh, just in this short space of time that we're living in now. Daniel 7 and verse 2 to 6. So that's prophecies fulfilled. What about prophecies still to be fulfilled? Well, the great one, the second coming of Christ. The Old Testament spoke about it, Zechariah 14. Matthew 24, the New Testament, 24, 44, Acts 1 and verse 10 and 11. And then, of course, Revelations. Revelations 1 and verse 7. Behold, He's coming with the clouds and every eye, e yes, every eye will see Him. The Bible says every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess, whether you like it or not. Jesus is God. We're awaiting the rapture of the church 
Whether you debate it, whether you believe it, whether you don't, it's a fact. It's around the corner. The Bible speaks about it. The resurrection of the saved and the unsaved, it's still to happen. The millennial reign of Christ, it's around the corner. The restoration of Israel, it's around the corner. The new heavens and the new earth, it's coming. It is coming. And so it is important as we study the Scriptures. Some prophecies have a double fulfillment. One nearer to the time of the prophet and one further into the future. We see this in Isaiah 7.14. Go and read it to see what I'm talking about. The birth of a child served as a sign for King Ahaz. But the prophecy also pointed forward to the virgin birth of Jesus. And so in prophecy is important. It is so important that you take note of what I'm saying this morning. Jesus himself said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. And he has sent me to proclaim freedom for prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he proclaimed, Jesus himself said, This day is the fulfillment of that prophecy. He had stopped reading in the middle of Isaiah 61 and verse 2. Did you ever notice that? The reason is simple. The first part of that verse was fulfilled by Christ in His first advent. And the second half concerning the day of vengeance of our Lord was not yet. That's to come. The day of the Lord is still to be fulfilled in the future. Friends, my brother, my sister, the amount of prophecy in the Bible is one of the things that makes it unique amongst religious books. There is no other religious book on the face of this planet that speaks about prophecy like the Bible does. The Bible repeatedly points to fulfilled prophecy as direct proof that God is who He says He is. And so given God's omniscience, it should come to no surprise that the Bible contains so many clear predictions and that those predictions are literally fulfilled. I am God. There is no other. I am God, he says. There is none other like me. None other declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient of times, things not yet done. Isaiah 46, verse 9 to 10. Go and read it. Why am I hammering on prophecy this morning? This past weekend, on social media, I came across a mind-blowing little video clip. And the video clip was speaking about the Euphrates River. Did you know that the Euphrates River is mentioned in the very first book of the Bible, in Genesis? Did you know that the Euphrates River is mentioned? In the very last book of the Bible, Revelations, did you know that this river is cited in over 50 times throughout God's Word? A geographical reference that is part of the beginning and the end of the world in Scripture. 
And so if you go and read in Genesis 2, the, the Euphrates River is described as, as one of four rivers that flows out of the Garden of Eden. It starts in Turkey, in eastern Turkey, a place called Anatolia. That's where the Euphrates River starts. Then it runs through Syria, then it runs through Iraq, and it ends in Basria, the Persian Gulf. We're talking about 2,800 kilometers. Why am I so set on prophecy? And what has the Euphrates got to do with it? Revelation 16 and verse 12. Revelation 16 and verse 12. The sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. The kings from the east. And even in this day and age, Ask that God would open our spiritual eyes and ears and that we can see the kings of the east are preparing for war. Revelation 16 and verse 12. Revelation 9 and verse 14 saying, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. Genesis fifteen eighteen. Can you see I'm working backwards here? On that day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your offspring I give this land, from the river of Egypt to the great rivers, the river Euphrates. And you see, the river Euphrates, if you go into social media, anybody can see it. Isaiah 8, verse 6 to 8, the Euphrates River serves as a metaphor for God's judgment for sin. And that river is drying up. In fact, what got me running and screaming and shouting this morning about prophecy and fulfillment is a little video clip where the guy says, I think it's a Iraqi guy, he says, well, it's completely fulfilled now. Revelations 9, 14, 15 is fulfilled now. The river has stopped running. Now, if you do your homework, you will see that Turkey has been building dams like mad. Syria has been building dams like crazy people. And yes, it is the hand of people building dams that stop running the Euphrates through Iraq at the moment. But isn't God using man to fulfill prophecy in many places in God's Word? And that the Euphrates has this great and mighty Euphrates that was the absolute jewel of the city Babylon, the city between the two rivers. Babylon. One of the seven wonders of the world way back when. And that Babylon tot niet gegaan het. And that the Euphrates River is drying up. This clip goes a little bit further and saying that something terrible is about to happen. I'm not be here to be a warmonger, but I'm just saying, are you ready for the imminent return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ?
Are you ready? Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you have a relationship with Him? Because God says there will be a second coming. The Lord promised it. He promised it in His Word. In Zechariah 14, in Matthew 24, 44, in Acts 1 and verse 10, in Revelations 1 and verse 7. If it be this day, will you spend all eternity with this omniscient, all-powerful, majestic God, whose every word has been fulfilled, that is spoken in His word, and yet to be fulfilled? Elke eye sal sy kolikie opkry, elke tee sal sy kruisie deerkry. Dot the eyes, cross the T's. every word will be fulfilled. Are you ready? We have a program here on Radio Pulpit called Scriptural on a Tuesday between 11 and 12. And we often we get the question on how far are we on the prophetic timeline? <laughs> I think we are there. We are there. This young Iraqi Christian in this video clip says, ends off his video clip by saying, Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you ready? Because whether you like it or not, Jesus is coming. What am I to do? What am I to do if I don't have a relationship with this God? There is a huge relig difference between religion and relationship. And I want to give you the key to eternal life this morning, my brother, my sister. I'm not here to scare you about prophecy in God's Word. Therefore, go and search the Scriptures yourself. It is there. We have the information highway. The Bible says in the last days, knowledge will increase. People will travel to and fro. Did you know that any, at any given stage, there are more than 5 million people in aeroplanes flying all over the earth to and fro? Knowledge that increased? I mean, anything you want to know, it's at your fingertips. But what am I to do if I am not saved this morning? If I'm not ready, if this day be the last day? I don't know if I will be there 5 o'clock this afternoon. But I do know that I can give you the key to eternal life. His name is Christ Messiah. His name is Jesus, one and only true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, triune God. The Bible says, and here's the key, in Romans 10 and verse 9. Romans 10 and verse 9. My brother, my sister, if you can find a quiet spot, somewhere where you and I can spend some time, I know time is running out with us, but so is prophecy running out on us. Make it right with the Lord. Today is the day for salvation, says the word of the Lord. And so Romans 10 and verse 9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Jesus, God's answer for a sinful world. The Bible says in Romans 10 and verse 10, easy to remember, Romans ting ting, for the, with the heart one believes to righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. The scripture says, whoever, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. 
There is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord over all, is rich to call all upon Him. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want to pray with you, my brother, my sister. I want to pray with you. I made that decision on the 23rd of July, 1989. No, I am not a minister. No, I am not a prophet. No, I am. I don't have a fancy title. I'm just a nobody. I want to show somebody else, another nobody, where to find bread, the water of life, seeing that we're talking about the Euphrates drying up. Jesus says, I am the water of life. He who drinks of me. John 7, streams of living water will gush from your inside. Did you find a quiet place? Did you find a quiet place? I want to pray with you, my brother. And listen, maybe you've prayed this prayer before. There is no such thing as a sinner's prayer in God's word, a formula to save you. It's a submission of the heart saying, Lord, I recognize that through my sins I am lost. And on my way to eternal damnation. And so I cry out to you, save me, Lord, a wretched sinner. Save me this morning. What a way to start your Monday morning. What a way to start your Monday morning at the feet of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Can I pray with you? Would that be okay with you? And so, Father God, we see prophecy and fulfillment, Lord. We see this young Christian on social media crying out, the Euphrates is dried up, the Euphrates is dried up. Literally just drops of water, pools, muddy pools left over, Lord. And we see f prophecy and fulfillment. We recognize that your return is imminent and near, Lord Jesus. We recognize that there's still some prophecies to be fulfilled, Father. But Lord, one of your greatest promises in your word is that you don't want any to perish. You don't want any man, woman, or child to perish, Lord, and that we can come to you. And so, Father, I bow down and I pray with those who whisper with their souls turned towards heaven this morning and say, Here I am, Lord, a wretched sinner, a liar, a thief, Lord, a coveter. Lord, have mercy on me. I've broken your laws, Lord. I've broken your commandments more than I can remember. I am lost, Lord Jesus, and so I turn to you, and I ask you, Lord, according to your word, I confess that Jesus is God. I confess that Jesus came to this world to set sinners free, that he died on Calvary for my sins also, shed his precious blood, the Son of the living God, God himself shed his blood so that I could be set free, paid for my life. I honor you for that, Lord. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. And I ask you, Lord, come and live inside of me. Fill my soul, my, my inner being right now with your holy presence. I recognize that your word is truth. John 17, 17, thy word is truth. I pray that you would sanctify me now by your truth, Lord. 
not to argue or debate, but with childlike faith, saying, Here I am. Holy Spirit, tabernacle with me. Lead me into righteousness. For days everlasting, Lord, so that I would spend all eternity with my Lord, my Master, my Savior, and my King. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and Amen. And now you stand up, my brother and my sister. You go and wash your face. And you don't worry. Because these things will happen. Prophecy will be fulfilled, whether we like it or not. It's just a showing of how close the return of our Lord and Savior is. And in that, we should be joyous this morning. Will you ban, Natasha? Back to the heart of worship. Long just to bring something that's of worth that'll 